Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast with Simon Cocking, Senior Editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech, and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners. Okay, so this is our next interview. And first of all, who am I interviewing? So my name is Leah O'Donoghue, um, and I've grown up on Cape Clear. Cool. So... Um, you're interesting, obviously, in many ways, but also because you went to school here and then after that, as all kids do, you have to leave to go beyond that when you're 12, don't you? Yeah, and then I also followed a slightly different path to a lot of kids on the island that I had three years on the mainland. So when my brother, who's six years older than me, Fintan, he went to secondary school, mom kind of said she'd go out for the first three years, like help them along, because a lot of the kids back then would just be sent out and put into like digs or into a... Uh-huh. Yeah, they used to, didn't they? They used to board. Yeah, or into a boarding school. So mom went out with Finton and then I went to the girls' school in Skibbereen for three years. And that was really good because it, I, knew, I, I made friends there and I kept on my friends even when I came home to Cape Clear. Mm-hmm. So when I went to secondary school, it wasn't so scary because I knew people... Ah, so you had a transition almost. A really good friend of mine was going to the same school as me, so I didn't have this like, like whole like wall of strangers to face. I knew I'd know, know at least like two people there, so I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Cool. So, so your time in school on Cape was from when you began school. So I did my first year of so Ninon Yoga infants, mm-hmm. and then I did uh, Ninon Mora first class and second class on the mainland, and then returned for third class through to sixth class. Oh right, oh, okay. Yeah. So you finished up primary school on Cape. Yeah, I finished, so I guess like I probably got more of my foundation on the mainland, and then all of the learning that I took forward to secondary school was done on Cape, and I think that was a good thing because the really small class sizes we got to. We had like more time to do our stuff and we got more attention from our teachers. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, I don't know if we had it too much, but I remember listening to what the big kids were learning. Like we do history and geography and possibly English all together. And then kind of maths and the other subjects that you'd have to like start with the basics and go on to more complicated things. We'd be given quiet work to do and the mentor would teach than maths but you'd always kind of be listening in okay. like what are they doing yeah 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 so yes. I, I think that was good I think it meant that we could progress more like we did algebra and stuff when we were in sixth class I'm not sure if that's on the curriculum but I know there was stuff that we knew how to do when we went to secondary school that the teach that the other kids in my class didn't know but the only issue was that I did all my maths in Irish yes. so for the first half of secondary school I, I knew what was going on on the board but you know when the teacher's like okay Leah how do you do this sum I didn't have the vocabulary and the teacher thought I was slow and she would give out to me and my mom had to like come and explain to her like no she knows math she only knows it in Irish so that was that was one thing but like maths is maths you still know it even if you're doing it in a different language so yeah. that was the o- that was probably the only problem was transitioning in languages but you you did it so quickly like uh-huh. I don't really remember the struggle too much I just remember being like oh what's this in English <laughs> yeah look I mean I imagine it must be interesting because it's not quite the same is it between the Irish and maths yeah and then my a good friend of mine went to boarding school through Irish then I was really excited to see her to see her books in Irish how she was doing biology in Irish or how she was doing science in Irish and like comparing so like I still got to like keep up the language a little bit in that sense Mm -hmm. and how many kids were in the school when you were in the school on Cape I think it stayed fairly level at 14 and then I was one of the lucky ones because there was 
three other kids in my class. We had one of the biggest classes, I think. Uh huh. And then I know at one point there was only one kid in the in the younger kids' classroom, and most of us were in the older kids' classroom, so there weren't many kids following me. But I think at its peak it was fourteen. Mm-hmm. And from talking with Jer, she said that sometimes you'd have kids that were not even Irish who would come to the school. So did you have any of the ones that she spoke about, like the Polish or the... Um, there was one little boy called Ma- Magic, I think. He was Polish. Um, he, was, he was in a different classroom to me. I think, I think he did find a bit of a struggle because he'd gone from speaking only Polish and I happened to speak Irish. And he was probably only picking up English at that point. So being thrown a third language, I think it was difficult for him that he just didn't know how to communicate. So like, but it's not like he was only told to speak Irish. Like we, we would speak to him in English and Irish, but Polish was his mother tongue. So English and Irish were probably the same for him. Yeah, he yeah. didn't really know. Um, did anyone else come to the school? Oh, we had, um, my first year there, there was an English family who'd moved. Okay. So the Cassidy Marshes. And even today, the girls can still speak like their cupola fuckle that they learned when they were like four and five. Wow. And they do remember finding it really difficult, but I think they look quite fondly back on their year going to a Gwail school as just like this completely mad thing that they did, like what we went through school through Irish for a year going yeah. from Manchester. Like I think, I think looking back on it, they enjoyed it. Yeah, but probably yeah. in that time, they were like, "What's going on?" <laughs> cool. And so, um, by by being at Cape, um, how how was it when you then had to transition? to go to secondary school and then even after that you know like does I mean like some people say that you, you have to be a bit more organized so how was it for you yeah so the social transition was probably the hardest because it was it's actually quite strange for a kid from Cape to just be thrown into a room full of only kids their age we socialize like between the age groups with the kids but then also the adults so I think I found it easier to talk to the teachers than a lot of the other students might have. Um, again, I was kind of lucky that I knew a few people in the school already. And I was probably a bit of a wallflower, so I just let I let stuff go on around me. And then, um, but then in terms of just like the other day-to-day things you have to do as a teenager, I remember thinking it was really strange that my friends couldn't, like comprehend bus timetables and like if you need to get a bus to be somewhere at this time like what bus do you need to get they used to find that really difficult and stressful uh-huh. whereas like from because mom was working so I, I used to like bus it in and out to town to see my friends with that so I learned those kind of skills from an early age and then I, I used to think my friends are really bad at packing as well I was like you don't need all that stuff like you're only going for a week this is what you need for a week this is what you need for a weekend so uh, so you had come to have more experience about packing, yeah? Yeah, you, I, I, it sounds like a silly thing, but just like like when I was moving out of my house in college, it was like second nature to move out of house in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And for some of my friends, this is like their first time like packing up their own stuff. And I was like, oh, I need like four hours maximum, I'll be done. And for them, it was like a whole week process. So I don't, I don't know if that's like a really important life skill, but it's definitely something I've noticed from Cape of having to like move out of a house every, yeah. every like, June to move home and then back out again I mean I definitely dread it but it's a skill I have I guess (laughs) I think it is though I mean because it's that to leave the island it's you know phone keys wallet but then it's also mainland keys as well so you have to have this 
methodical. You really need your keys for the island, but... <laughs> well, I mean, a checklist, though, that, you know, that you can't get on the boat and realise you haven't got the mainland keys, kind of, you know? Yeah, or oh, the fear of, like, do I have my car keys when you're, like, at the Gashkin on? You're like, there's no going back now, like... Um, so, when you went to secondary school, did you know what you wanted to do after that? Like, how did that process evolve? Um, so, when I went to secondary school... I think up until fourth year, I had notions of being a vet. I don't know why. It just I think it was like when you say you're a vet, people are like, "That's good." So you're like, "Grand, so I'll be a vet." But I really liked. Um, I really enjoyed art in secondary school, and my mom's an artist as well. So I think uh-huh. I picked it up from her. So art was my favorite subject, but I really enjoyed the sciences as well. And those are two things that I remember really well from um, primary school as well. Is that we did a lot of science experiments that we'd almost sometimes we'd spend the whole day doing them and we did a lot of art Thursday was always our art day and we'd spend the so after big lunch we'd spend the rest of the day doing art and I remember really looking forward to those days so that carried on for me in secondary school and then when it finally came to putting something down in my CAO I had no idea I had biochemistry down ridiculous, okay. completely ridiculous I don't know why I had that down and um, I went to a guidance counsellor and I was like I like art I like science and she decided that product design would be a good fit and two years into the course it seems to be going kind of okay so uh-huh so you found that you do not enjoy doing it yeah yeah so product design is a good mix of science and art which is something that I've carried on all the way from primary school so I guess it's going well so far anyway I think we're lucky now that you can have these whereas before it was arts or sciences yeah whereas they've realized that it's a false distinction exactly yeah <coughs> Um, so you describe yourself as a wallflower, right? But I've seen mm, you singing am, in the bar, right? And, th- you know, with things like the wren, I think I first saw you singing on the wren. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, it does seem that if you want to be musically expressive, Cape does give you a bit of a, a soft platform to begin that. So, I mean, like, th- that must have helped you because you were able to do it. So Yeah, I think there's a, there's a story of me as a child, like singing some song in the club when I was like probably like seven or eight so I think for first year I in in secondary school I definitely just like sussed out what was going on before I made any big moves but definitely on Cape I I think when I'm at home on Cape I get to be myself a lot more than when I'm on the mainland like I definitely feel as if I have like my island self and my mainland self really so okay yeah my island self like I can just go around in practical clothes that like I think are a bit of crack. I'm not afraid of like running down to the horses in my pajamas and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it's like very casual in that sense. But yeah, I guess in terms of being musically expressive, no one in my family played music, but I always really enjoyed singing and I always wanted to learn different instruments. So I got keyboard lessons from the woman who's now my boss at work, um, and I got a guitar for Christmas. And it was my friend's dad and Danny who taught me guitar. So okay yeah no one in my family could play music but my neighbours could play instruments so I yeah. can like pick it up from them and even now I'm learning a new instrument I'm like I really need to call up to Danny and he could show me how to play the banjo Okay. and stuff like that and then I guess because you know everyone so well when you're like when you're sitting down in the club in the music circle it's not like all these like really talented strangers that you're afraid to play mm-hmm. in front of yeah. it's your friend's dad the nice Canadian man yeah. and the nice Scottish man who will like whisper the chords into your ear and then show you the easy shapes yeah okay so it's like it's probably like 
it's a nice, it's, it's a really safe environment to learn in, I guess, because you're not afraid of making mistakes and you know that they're like really excited that you also got a guitar and they want to know all about your guitar and like cool. teach you as well. Yeah. So there's like an extended family almost, I guess, with things like that. And I guess you do the gig on, gig on a Saturday night. Well, if you do it in a week's time, it's a different audience. Yeah, <laughs> in the summertime, it's really handy. I mean, I only know five songs off by heart. But each week. <laughs> the locals get a bit bored, but the tourists don't mind. <laughs> Well, it's funny, I mean, I can hear it from here, and so, you know, I can hear Purple Rain, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had a great gig last, this weekend, then, so yeah, it's a good crack. So, if, if, if a family and kids were thinking of coming here, what tips would you give, either to the family or the kids, you know, like? Um, I guess, see, I, I've never moved to an island, I've only grown up on an island, but I think... Don't be apprehensive about the geological or where we are, like geographically. So, like, don't be like, oh my god, I'm going to be an island. Like, uh-huh. I think you're going to adapt to ordering in your groceries over the phone. You're going to adapt to like calling up someone who's in town to like pick up a part for your lawnmower. Like, all of that, you adapt to very quickly. Thing like to have that extended family and that support network. I don't think you get that when you're in like a city. A yeah. city. You yeah. don't know your neighbor, yeah. or you do, and they're like completely bonkers. So yeah. Yeah, what other advice did I give you? Um, I guess just embrace it. Like, don't be afraid to, like, get to know people. And, like, especially if people are like, oh, come over and have a cup of tea. Like, go over and have a cup of tea because they want to get to know you and they want to, like, see who you are. Maybe not in, like, a bad way, in a nice way, that they want to know who the person Mm -hmm. is moving in a few doors over and, like, welcome you to the community as well. Yeah. Um, Cool. So, um, look, I mean, and I guess, you know, the interesting thing is, is that, you know, you're, you're here people come from all over the place and then you know like your brother's from here and he then he was in Singapore so it's you know it, we're both remote and yet actually very connected and I think that can be interesting so in that context how, how's it been over the last six months with the whole lockdown was it was it the same as usual was it just like a weekend or did it feel like a long weekend or is um, it coming diff- home yeah I being on Cape yeah so I didn't actually spend my lockdown in Cape I spent it in Limerick and what did I like how did I say well, there was the I don't whatsapp group and I kept an eye on that uh-huh. and that was kind of good crap and then kind of people were posting pictures so like when calves were born Mayor the bus driver put up a picture and I was like I wonder those Patrick's calves are they cool. are calves and yeah, stuff like yeah. that but I that was the longest I'd ever spent away from the island three months straight and coming back I remember I was like Coming on the ferry, like usually my routine would be like go in and fall asleep and then wake up when it slows down. But I stayed out in the bow and I was just so excited to see everything again and yeah. everything seemed so like vibrant and I was like so excited just to see how things had changed and all that. But um yeah, I always really enjoy coming home after a long time away because the scenery has changed, like news has happened, people got married, babies have been born, stuff like that. It's it's really exciting to come back. And in terms of like connectivity being connected to an island like yeah it's just a small it's just three square miles it's really small for us but we get visitors every year and like some of them make an impression so it's the best small talk if you tell someone I'm from Cape Clear mm-hmm. Island they went to Irish college with this person they went to college with this person and it actually it really connects you more than you would think because lots of even though you haven't been to lots of places lots of people have been here yeah yeah and I find it really easy to make connections with people young and old by just mentioning I'm from Cape Clear. That's a good thing. Even when I'm abroad, 
I've loads of people have heard about it are like oh we stopped there on our wild Atlantic way trip and stuff like yeah. that so it's definitely great for that just to make connections with people it's really nice that people and people always have a really nice story to tell you maybe that you hadn't heard before about somebody or something so in terms of connectivity you'd be surprised what living on a small offshore island will get you makes lots of friends <laughs> cool thank you very much thanks for talking yeah. with us We hope you enjoyed that podcast and we will be bringing you more across as diverse and interesting a range of stories as we can find. You're welcome to reach out to us on Twitter, LinkedIn or by email and give us any feedback and let us know what you'd like us to cover in the future. Thanks and keep listening.